Hello, I'm Harry. Hello, I'm Rory, and this is Games on Film. Welcome back to Games on Film, the podcast that celebrates video game movies. And I was having a look at the films we've done in the last few months, and they've, well, there's been, I think, one film. We've done Uncharted, we've done, we had a discussion on The Matrix, and then we've had some pretty damn fine TV shows. But, you know, I just felt the itch. I was itchy, bitey, I was a bit scratchy. And I thought, I want to watch something trashy. So today we are returning to the blockbuster shelves of 2005, let's say, for House of the Dead 2. Yes, the Sega sequel movie we've all been waiting to talk about. <laughs> well, it was been whew, three years, I think, since we did the original. That might be the longest time between iterations that we've done. I was referring more to the fact that Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is out in cinemas. <laughs> <laughs> it is and we'll be doing that very soon um but we thought we should do a film with a two in the title and this is technically a film <laughs> <laughs> technically well i guess it's a tv movie i think it premiered at uh a film festival and was then shown on the sci-fi channel perhaps um right. so um i'm not sure it really got a, a wide theatrical release let's say no um yeah it says tv movie and imdb and i thought what i remember tv movies being really long shown on a saturday afternoon and with far less nudity than what we get here <laughs> um so okay that explains it, especially if you say it's a sci-fi channel because perhaps we know it a bit now as the bed for like Battlestar Galactica and things like that but it was showing a lot of crap in the early 2000s wasn't it not to jump to our opinions just yet but, no, but it, not at all. it certainly has been a while since we've done something which um could be considered hot garbage um mm -hmm. <laughs> but I guess it's really interesting you know knowing that there is this blockbuster bots office hopping Sega movie in cinemas and you flash yes. back to the mid-2000s <laughs> and sort of like, you know, the time at which the video game movie was, I wouldn't say in the doldrums, but certainly there was a lot of um, licenses being handed out willy-nilly yes. and usually Wild West. Usually into the hands of um, Mr. Uwe Boll. Mm -hmm. And this is a so bizarre. Sorry to interrupt. Yep. I had no. I just I did not make the connection when we were deciding to do this about how there's a Sega sequel in cinemas, and this is a Sega sequel. <laughs> they just seem so entirely different uh, spheres, don't they? Yeah. And this is a sequel to an Uwe Boll film, although he does not himself um, make an appearance in the credits beyond a thank you at the end, because I believe he was busy doing Blood Rain at that time which we covered on a previous episode but <laughs> i would say it certainly has certain hallmarks and the writers i think um or at least the people who did the story 
Peter Shearer and Michael Roche, they did the uh, story for Far Cry, Alone in the Dark. Peter Shearer also directed Alone in the Dark 2. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, so it definitely has hallmarks of his work beforehand. And actually this was produced by Mindfire Entertainment, who produced the original House of the Dead movie, as well as DOA, Dead or Alive. And mm-hmm. um, okay. also uh, The Specials, which was an early superhero parody written by James Gunn and directed by Craig Mazin, who has since gone on to do Chernobyl and is doing The Last of Us TV show. Um, oh. So, yeah, there's a, there's interesting little tangents amongst the cast and crew, which I'm sure we'll get to. Um, we got to start somewhere. we got to start somewhere. But I guess we're sort of also doing this not just because of Sonic 2 and cinemas, but because this uh, week the House of the Dead remake video game arrived on Nintendo Switch. Yeah, I was, and excusing the pun, dead excited about this, because I think we we, I have, we must have talked about how much we love the House of the Dead series in our earlier House of the Dead episode. Um, the game in the arcade is iconic, and we got the game... I think on our PC, and also it had a the sequel, House of the Dead Two, had a Dreamcast release. Mm. From what I read, though, the controls are a real problem in this new game, and the big problem with light gun games in general is that modern LCD OLED screens they don't reflect guns in the same way, so you have to go by either motion controls or in the Wii's case, um, like laser pointer controllers. Mm. And apparently if you fiddle with the controls enough, you get a pretty decent experience. But I think I'm going to wait until that's on a big time sale. But hey, we've got hashtags we can jump on. So <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're doing it. Uh, what we, were, we were thinking to ourselves, what would be the most popular hashtag this weekend? Sonic the Movie 2 or... House of the Dead remake, and we thought, I know. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, so I think with this film, I'm not sure how much you would need to have seen the first film um, to enjoy House <laughs> of the Dead 2 on its level, also known as House of the Dead Roman numeral 2, colon, mm-hmm. dead aim, which I think is trying to buy into the fact that it's based on a light gun game but dead aim mm-hmm. is also the subtitle of a resident evil gun survivor light gun game spin-off released a couple of years earlier so who knows what was going through their heads but the the title in the movie is house of the dead 2 okay i just like the idea that i mean i saw this on my own on a saturday morning <laughs> uh beautiful weather outside but i had a job to do i can imagine though watching it with a friend who's never seen the first film and as the film starts, he's like, okay, I'm lost. <laughs> like, I have explained the first one to me. Based on the hit video game series. This is where it all started. The first zombie was created here. How? The professor was trying to bring back the dead. <laughs> it's a new infection. It's deadly. We've lost contact with our Ford recon patrols. But before we did, they confirmed a stage one outbreak at a university campus. Careful. <laughs> It spreads through the victim's blood within seconds. Get away from him! And within minutes, the dead will walk the earth again. It's a dead man walking, he just doesn't know it yet. 
but this time... We're a medical research team. We're here to help. She's leading a team of operatives. If she didn't have contact with another person, could the infection have gone airborne? We gotta move. <laughs> Prepared to stop the virus. First hypersapien. We can get a sample of her blood. We might just be able to synthesize an antidote for the infection. No matter what. <laughs> Emmanuel Vaugier of Saw 2 and Quinn of Starship Troopers 2 with Sid Haig from the Devil's Rejects and Stinky Fingers. House of the Dead 2. Look for it on DVD. Do you have a video box to hand at all? I believe I have a... Let me just see if I can find it. Um, where did it go? Because you tweeted it earlier. I tweeted it. I wanted to tell the world that I was, uh, while they're outside seeing their loved ones and friends and family, I was locked in a room. You, you, locked, your, could... you locked yourself, though. It's not. I locked myself in the room. No yes, one locked you in there to watch House of the Dead 2. No. It was on your I mean, own volition. My, di- my wife did pop in once, and unfortunately, they didn't do that thing when like your parents pop in and it's during like, the one sex scene. <laughs> and like you freeze frame it at the wrong place uh yeah so i've got the uh box in front of me in fact actually i've got the um what was was it a psp which could play films uh yes the umd uh was uh, umd was, release yeah well i mean you played it on a psp but it was a special um you know format the umd for playing movies on your psp I sometimes see in my uh, charity shops, like, is it HD DVDs, which would work on the original place, uh, Xbox 360s and or Xboxes even? Anyway, you know, they'll go to a good home eventually, but it's weird to think there's this sort of period of history where there's probably about 40 films and TV shows released on a particular format. Anyway, getting sidetracked here. Um, so it says here, or oh, was hoping there was going to be some sort of warning like sex nudity violence and stuff but alas not so are you sitting comfortably what hmm okay <laughs> on the back of the <laughs> i just know I, for for our viewers at home uh it feels like our two main characters are ams agents uh one called ellis one called alex uh seem to be wearing costumes that i don't think they wear in the film but hey i'm not i mean you know <laughs> <laughs> I guess when they were doing publicity shots, they maybe burned the costumes from this uh, from a show, or they were too bloody, and it was just like, oh, I guess we need to put them in different costumes now. I mean, you know, there's no escaping the fact this is at a tiny budget, and I like noticing little details, like they go into student's bedroom at one point and the lava lamp is on but i can tell it perhaps had just been turned on because none of the lava was bubbling it was all like fixed at the bottom it had they hadn't got to that sweet spot after 20 minutes you know mm. and i think furthermore that person has meant to be locked in their room that zombie was locked in their room for like maybe a month <laughs> so anyway <clears throat> A gr- oh, by the way, surprising no one, they're using that sort of cracked font you're always fucking seeing because <laughs> um, it's 2005. Um, a growing zombie infection overtakes an isolated university campus. Hoping to stop the spread of the infection and end the zombie plague, a secret government agency is sent in to find Patient Zero, the original zombie from which the infection started, and to create an antidote. 
Once on campus, agency operatives Alex, Emmanuel Vega, and Ellis, Ed Quinn, find the entire university has been completely overrun. Doesn't say by zombies. We'll assume they're zombies. Uh, immersed in a giant zombie battle, Alex and Ellis discover some of their fellow agents have their own plans for the zombie DNA. There's a director slash writer commentary for deleted scenes and making a bloody sequel featurette. And as is always the case, there's uh, several shots of zombies baring their teeth, uh, a man in a chef's hat being bitten. <laughs> always. <laughs> oh, bless. Uh, so, yeah, there's, there's your story. Um, kind of a boilerplate zombie story. Perhaps I'll just reveal what I thought about this. Um, it's not a good film, but I had maybe a good time watching it. It's my definition of what I call a golden turd, where it's usually so bad it's good. I wouldn't even say it was bad. I just thought I found the 2005 gender politics a real cross to bear in this. Like, it's so gross at the start when, um, I mean, the first thing we see is some really bad-looking soldiers all standing to attention and terrible acting. And I just wrote here, oh, I've got a bad feeling about <laughs> this. <laughs> Turns out, though, these are all frat boys pretending to be uh, soldiers, and they all have super soakers filled with light beer. And <laughs> and then they attack, they, they attack a student dorm which said zit on the side, which I'm assuming is Zeta. I don't know American dorms. I never went to American or university. Or the Greek alphabet. <laughs> the Greek alphabet. Um, one of their frat boys is dressed as a pizza guy. He arrives at the door. He throws his pizza aside and unzips his trousers and shows her his dick, which is the sort of thing which shouldn't have flown then, does not fly now. She said gross, which I'm assuming it's because of the situation and not because he's got like a weird zombie penis or something. Not yet, anyway. I wrote directly underneath, I want all of them to become zombies. I hate these guys. They start super soakering people. Um, all the ladies have tight, tight pants. Uh, some of them seem to be into it. One girl says, what kind of beer is that? Light beer? And he goes, yeah. She says, keep going. It's um, just nasty stuff. <laughs> it's, yeah. I um, I don't know if we want to go... Is, is this this count as spoilers yet? Or <laughs> maybe, um, you, maybe yeah. after the opening titles. Um, Tell you what, go off, go off and watch House of the Dead 2 and come back and start listening to his podcast. <laughs> if you care so much as if to watch can. it. But yeah, it's all done in this, like... There's wacky scar music playing. Mm -hmm. It's all the girls are kind of enjoying the fact that it's like wet t-shirt time. I feel very sorry that like what I think one of the girls, the girl who answers the door is played by Jennifer Holland, who is now in Peacemaker and the Suicide oh. Squad is actually James Dunn's partner. And interesting. I was a bit like, this is so demeaning. The whole, the whole shebang like this whole opening especially is just really quite um just troubling 
I know, and uh, I don't want to sound puritanical, though. I mean, I was I was a student around about this time, and and there were shenanigans. I never went to a female dorm's house and, sh- and show my junk at them. I hasten to add, I was in the mixed dorms, <laughs> which doesn't explain anything. But moving on, um, <laughs> but um, it just feels like one of those things of the time, which is a very weak defense. Um, it just feels like it's less the film's problem and just more that all films were like that then. I sort of feel as well that, you know, you're two minutes in and it's already like super gratuitous. And I feel like as well, it being maybe because it was direct to TV or, or, or whatever, it's just like, we need to get the dudes on board yeah. really quickly. What can we do? Let's just have... Yeah lots of boobage up front up top so much i i checked the time code less than five minutes in uh a totally full frontal nudity lady which is a very normal thing for us to say a totally naked lady is on a table being leered over by a horror movie veteran sid haig uh i think best known for rob zombie films if i Mm. if i'm correct yeah um and, you know, he was like the one person I recognised in all this. So after being um, caught, just trying to get the sequence of events in my head uh, yeah, in so this the, very dumb movie. Yeah, there's this girl, one of the, what, Tracy. Yes, Tracy. She is caught making out with one of the frat boys. Some dude comes in, takes a photo of them making out. She's topless. The dude who takes the photo grabs her knickers for some reason. So she leaves what a- upset, <laughs> saying, if I see those pictures on the internet, you're a dead man. And her night goes from bad to worse because she immediately gets hit by a car driven by Professor Curian. Uh, Curian played by Sid Haig. Yeah, played by Sid Haig. Curian, the name of the mad scientist in the original House of the Dead game. And then she isn't dead, but then he knocks her out with a crowbar, killing her, then lays her flat on a operating bed, strips off her clothes, injects her with some zombie serum. And you just kind of feel like, man, she's had a rough night. This is like, this is too much. This is too much. So you have to feel about how sad dr curian is because he he soliloquies about being alone in the dark like that film alone in the dark soliloquy by adr i think oh, it's, um again he's talking to himself and he's just saying i'm just a big failure and i know we all have low moments in our lives but i don't just walk around going i'm such a big failure <laughs> He just sounds like such a sad schoolboy when he says, I'll never be able to bring the dead back. Oh, um, and you know, I I think we'll soon, well, we're going to leave the nudity behind us soon, but quite literally behind him as he's saying all this, you just see this naked mass with his two like bumps like mountains um, just in the background there. And then she starts to twitch because she's turning into a zombie. Um, did, so I'm, I'm just talking about Curian briefly. Uh, did you remember that one of the distinctively un Sid Haig like characters in the last film 
turned out to be Dr. Kurian? No, that's not it. <laughs> yeah, or what, so, what, okay, explain, um, because I, I listened to the our last episode, and I think one of the heroes of the last film turned out to be Dr. Kurian. Well, no, so, yes, there is a character in House of the Dead One who is called Rudy, and at the mm. end of the movie, he is one of the few survivors, and he just mentions offhand to the agents who rescue them that his name is Rudolf Curian. And mm-hmm. later on in this film, it is revealed that he is the professor's son. So Sid right. <laughs> is the dad of Rudy from the first film. So I couldn't even remember what Rudy looked like, but I just I just distinctly I just remember someone I didn't think any of the main cast in House of the Dead 1 looked like uh, Sid Haig. <laughs> no, no. Uh, okay, that makes a lot of sense um, because the only other connective tissue is uh, at the end of House of the Dead 1. I mean, I have to admit, the whole film, I was quite happy there's no connection with the first film. And I quite like the idea that AMS agents would just go from place to place wherever a... Uh, zombie uprising happened almost as if zombie uprisings are sort of inevitable mm. um but no it turns out that the one of the the fe- one of the, fe- the main female character in house of the dead one she got stabbed then resurrected by some zombie juice or something and then she gets there's flashbacks weird terribly acted flashbacks where she's been interviewed by suits as in men in suits um not just you know she's not being interrogated by sort of formal wear in marks and spencers um but yeah she's it's not the same actress i imagine no i'd hope not because it's a thankless flashback she's been interviewed about the whole story so there is a connection this is what's happening here is a direct result of what's happened in the first film yes supposedly yes because professor kieran has this as in the blurb on the bot said, this patient zero, this original zombie, um, which is also what the AMS agents in the film are trying to get their hands on because they can use the blood from a generation one zombie to create a potential serum to stop the zombie plague. (laughs) Um, There is one character who does return from the first film, and I only found that out after I'd watched it, but the kind of corporal who is um, giving the AMS agents their mission later on, she is yes. the Coast Guard officer from the first film who loses both her legs in a zombie act, oh. axe-related incident, which is why she's in a wheelchair in this film. But I completely did not catch that. And I also think Coast Guard to, I guess, like, general of this anti-zombie, <laughs> um, you know, promotion... But also, just like, I didn't think she survived. But then I was just like, oh yeah, no. I guess they chopped her legs off as opposed to bit her legs off. So Was it the same actress? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Because, you know, I completely wiped the previous film from my memory. And we're in, she's, she's the boss of AMS. She gives Ellis a brief. Um, in the background, there's some really, really... Um, sort of half-hearted military training going on where like people are sort of just gently grappling grabbing each other instead of actually fighting but anyway but did you see at the, the end of that but did you see the go on but did you see their target practice 
What were they shooting in target practice? Um, one of the targets they were shooting, they had pasted Paris Hilton's face on it. Oh, okay. Yep, that tracks. <laughs> what a hilarious thing um, to do in the year 2005. I, I mean, this is a pretty misogynistic film, I have to say, because like, literally every female character seems like just a suggestion away of being told to undress. And, and you know, it's, I feel like it's a minor miracle that the main female character, you you see the, her bare back, but that's as far as we go. But um, I want to talk about legs, as in the lack of legs. <laughs> I'm a leg man. <laughs> um, yes, this, this colonel, she... We have the scene, and then she kind of rolls out to do a final little pep talk to, and also show off her wheelchair, I suppose. But yeah, I guess... <sighs> That was just something for the fans, that scene, wasn't it? That was something for the OG House of the Dead hardcore fans who watch it with their family every Christmas and say, <laughs> oh my golly gosh, it's her. But that's the thing about that connective tissue is, um, yeah, I, I went into this expecting it to be completely removed. Again, there is no House of the Dead, unless they were referring in this case to a sorority house or frat house of the dead should have been called that sorority house of the dead it's been so good um, i mean yeah i kept thinking to myself okay so i, I did quite apart from the misogyny <laughs> i did quite enjoy my time of this because it was never boring and i kept my kept wanting to say this film understood the brief i had to keep reminding myself this is so far away from what you would imagine a house of the dead movie to be I think this film, its brief was just a, a, just zombies being shot, basically. <laughs> and it kind of delivered that. It felt a whole lot more like a Resident Evil adaptation than a House of the Dead adaptation. Because as well as the AMS agents, we have your usual collection of... I want to say Bravo team, but they're like military grunts. It reminded me a lot of Doom as well, which came out the same year, because one of them is a total asshole, and you, you just don't know how he ever got any rank whatsoever, because he seems completely insane. Yeah, um, you, you do have... Yeah, so you have this um, Alex and Ellis. Uh, Alex is... Emmanuel Vogier, who we also saw in Far Cry, opposite Till Schweiger, okay. and Ellis is played by Ed Quinn, who is currently playing the US president in Tyler Perry's White House set soap opera, The Oval, which I have not heard of before, wow. but good for him. So the guy who played Ellis is now the president. <laughs> yeah, apparently so. <laughs> Stranger things have happened. Breaking news. Um but uh, yeah, so they are our kind of AMS agents and they have to, I guess, as you say, they sort of dispatch zombies because we're introduced to Alice. She is having a date in a restaurant 29 days later after the incident. <laughs> we need to talk about 29 days later, but carry on for now. Um, but uh, yeah, so she's on this date and she's uh, with this total sleazeball um, who is claiming to be a neurologist that turns out later he's just assistant manager at Blockbuster. Um, but it's sort of during this uh, incident where zombified Curian Sid Haig 
um, who got bitten by his uh, subject earlier in the film. Um, there's the chef who goes outside <laughs> to have a have his break, and he's he's having a nice yummy salad. And he's just eating salad with his fingers. And he's French. He's a very very French chef. And um, it's maybe uh, the weather forecast is heavy smoke machine. And <laughs> Kieran... He's called Jack even. He's called Jack. He's called Jack's Jack. eating his salad. And the uh, zombie Sid Haig sort of staggers in the shadows and the chef um, leaves him the plate and sort of offers it because he thinks it's a homeless person, which is a very nice thing to do. On the floor... <laughs> Okay. I would like if a homeless person was come up to me, I wouldn't like put my food on the floor to eat off the floor like a dog. Okay. Suit a laws. <laughs> okay, maybe he's not so good. Um but then he uh zombie kicks the plate, which annoys the chef, and then bites the bites the chef, and the reaction the chef has after his hand has been bitten, he goes like, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, la 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 <laughs> And why do people hate French? What does what you say about French? He says like, "World has gone crazy. Nobody liked French people anymore." <laughs> hey, buddy, eat. What is your problem? Ah, you want a filet mignon? You get a job. <laughs> Oh, it'd be great if the actual character was not was just called Jack, and when he's on shift, he is he just transforms into Jacques and he turns French and but um, has a rat in his hat. <laughs> it's a whole ratatouille situation. It turns out it's a ratatouille situation. That's what's what's happening. It's not zombies at all. Just they've so, got, they've got I mean, rats controlling them. But you know, I have to admit, when the scene started, I thought the douchey bloke was going to be the hero. He had a sort of Leon kennedy vibe to him and i thought oh it's just these two blokes ellis and this douche gonna um be kicking ass taking names but no i liked how uh alex or her codename is nightingale or her nickname is nightingale she takes action she shoots the frenchman <laughs> why did i phrase it like that um i guess i just as i'm i don't like french people just like everyone else um, but yeah, she she takes action. Yeah, um, the chef bites the waiter, and then her she she says to her date like, you know, what her job is, and she just says, "I shoot zombies." So it's like clearly we're in a world where people know about zombies. And well, no, I got the impression that she says that in a sort of random a random thing to say to throw people off the case because it's too ridiculous. But oh, okay. Well, but here's the thing: this is this is all made really messy by the 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 title we get saying twenty nine days later. I, th- I, what do you think this means? <laughs> because <laughs> what, what I mean is, I mean, I thought initially it was just a fun joke at the expense of twenty eight days later, 
But the more you think about it, the just this zombie attack seems to happen really quickly at the university. In fact, the credits, the titles of this film display lots of running zombies attacking people. It feels like this, like the entire campus is is overrun within hours, and then for a full month. <laughs> Every zombie stays on campus apart from Sid Haig, question mark. Mm. Uh, nobody goes into the university. Nothing comes out. They, um, in fact, I mean, they, they seem, the, the, the DVD box says it's an isolated university. And certainly when they're approaching the university, they seem to always go via like a swamp with frogs cricketing in the distance and things. But it just, I, I couldn't comprehend that for a full month there's a zombie apocalypse happening at this sort of university and we only really learn about it on the 29th day yeah because you would think that someone would like email or i don't know like i know it's just like oh i wonder what's happened to her son oh he's probably studying really hard or like just having zero communication with this university and no one talking about it or referring to it it was 2005 uh emails took a long time to get there and back again it was like trying to contact mars but because when our agents get their briefing like it's news to them yes so it's not like oh you know this university campus no one's heard about for the past month oh it turns out it's zombies or or hyper sapiens as they're known hyper sapiens indeed and so well, wh- why didn't you say I shoot hyper sapiens then? <laughs> so, but yeah, so we're we're either in a world where, like, um, like when an oil refinery is burning or something like that, people are people are aware there's a, a university overrun by zombies right now, but they they don't seem to care so much because everyone knows about zombies, <laughs> and we'll we'll get to it in a month's time. Uh, no, I just don't. I don't think that because there's a ticking clock because there's a missile being shot at the university, and like the final act, to, they're talking. That's to contain the infection, not to contain like cover it up. I'm not talking. Like, I am not. Yeah, I'm talking about a containment. So you'd think they'd want to contain that mother as soon as possible. But again, okay, yeah. the missile only seems to be fired at the same time as AMS agents going in. And, you know, the the time, the ticking talk is extremely flexible. They say they've got 14 minutes left and then they spend perhaps the next hour <laughs> doing shit. Um, I did check the timer. They did say we've got 10 minutes to get there. And like the missile appears at 12 minutes runtime in the uh, on the actual movie. So, yeah, if you do try and think about it, you will do yourself harm. So <laughs> I'm just going to let it slide but, but i think I, it would have made more sense if we just didn't have that 29 days later yeah card that's what happens when a cute joke like completely um um ruins the film ruins the film <laughs> um but yeah just the special ops they seem to be both aware of zombies and also completely unaware of zombies because yeah they're briefing and they're talking about it and you have this the super steezy character everyone hates to talk about is this character called Bart. Mm-hmm. And he's sort of talking about like, I, you know, oh, I wish my ex-wife became a zombie so I could shoot her in the head. Um, mm-hmm. 
And so he's aware of the fact that there are zombies and, and that sort of thing. But when the, the head of the special forces, uh, this character, Sergeant Dalton. Sergeant Dalton, played by rapper actor Sticky Fingers, who... And quite a short man, because he's introduced <laughs> doing his smack talk and then he sort of sidles out to Ellis, who like towers over him. <laughs> and it's just really funny. He would... Uh, Shortly after this film, go on to play Blade in the short-lived Blade TV series. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember not seeing that. <laughs> um, but when they actually get to the campus and Dalton sees a zombie for the first time, he goes, what the hell? No. <laughs> it's like... And like he spent the, his entire screen time basically saying how his me- he and his men are well-trained. They're trained for this shit. And then they quite quickly three of them died due to their own stupidity <laughs> yes because uh one of them decides to engage in combat with a hand to hand combat right away for no reason at all they've got their full weapon capability because they haven't fired any guns exactly and first thing to do probably because he thinks oh it's easy there's just one of them is to engage in martial arts and he ends up getting bit his own hubris, hoist by his own petard there, uh, he takes it, and then I think he bites a medic? Yes, because Dalton says then... we take care of our own, so we're not going <laughs> to shoot him, but then he immediately turns after they attempt to cut his well, they cut his arm off thinking that will stop the infection, turns, bites the medic, and then Ellis has to shoot the pair of them. And then, like, um, I think Dalton reports back to say they both died in uh, a firefight. It's just like, you, you've been on this mission for, like, three minutes, and I then know, you're lying I, that they died in a firefight. I um, I did write three people died here. I'm just trying to think of the third one. Hmm. They kind of died very memorably. But, um, yeah, basically, uh, Dalton needs to shut up now. <laughs> Because, um, yeah, yeah, again, confusing, confusing. And like, you know, we say all this, we're kind of, we sound kind of down on the film, but I just find this sort of stuff entertaining. I just think, I don't, I just like bad movies, man. <laughs> I think it's just the games themselves are pretty silly. Like, yes. they're, they're over the top and in a sort of knowing way. And I think this is also pretty silly in a, a knowing way as well. But I think it's got a very different, sense of humor and i think it's the kind of humor where yeah they think it's amusing that they start the film off with like wet t-shirt super soaker invasion and you know having i I think the problem is is that particularly with this bart character who is a gross person and he does disgusting things and other characters are repulsed by him. And there is a sense of, yes, if you have a bad character in a film, you don't necessarily endorse their actions. You're just saying, look at this disgusting man. But the problem is, is that the film does everything he does. Yes. Apart from his scenes. So it's not just like, oh, he's doing like disgusting stuff. It's like the film does that anyway when he's not on screen. So <laughs> it's it, it yeah. completely loses its argument when you have the female characters kind of say like, uh, Bart, you're so disgusting. Oh, you're so gross. It's just like, yeah, we just saw that earlier in the film where we had 
a completely unnecessarily naked zombie lady. Uh, and you know, I, you know, we do have to sort of again just remind ourselves that everyone or all the ladies in this film they did sign up to it and i'm sure like well know. let's not go there i'm not gonna no, i'm not gonna like, suggest that we what... sort of they did that and fully knowing what they were getting themselves yeah, into and, and you know also the script asked that to happen so they would find someone to do that so yeah it's it's just a bit murky <laughs> but um like i said i'm just i just if there's a pass there's something about this where I just wasn't bored. Um, I remember we actually were both surprised how much we enjoyed the first House of the Dead, which again, I think had lots of nudity in it. And I think Uebol was trying to do a lot of stylish things for stylishness sake, Um, like aspirations of bullet time. I'm not going to say actual bullet time. (laughs) Um, So there was nothing quite as stylish as this. And... I'm thinking that the university location was also just a really good idea for a, a low budget movie because they just got all the students to be the zombies. You know, they just t- at night, they just got a lot of night filming and um, use all the students. And, you know, there's shots. I sent you a screenshot of some of the zombies in the background, basically looking like the sh- like Shaun of the Dead's friends like pretending to be zombies and going ah, ah. Um, well i thought some of the zombies were pretty good i thought i thought in terms makeup. of like the makeup was pretty good mm. overall like there's some makeup dodgy ones but there's like some good stuff in there and i think generally like you know some of the zombie choreography performances and things was pretty good but then it, it towards the end when there's bigger crowd scenes there's a lot of just like flapping arms where like the zombies' main like attack, rather than biting anyone, seems to be just like rocking side to side, so their arms just like sort of like flap willy nilly. Yeah, and also I noticed how sometimes we have running zombies in films, sometimes we have staggering zombies in films. This had both, purely dependent on the plot. Yeah. So there are times when our heroes are in this corridor and all the zombies are staggering slowly towards them. And then our heroes run away and the zombies give chase. But that led me to think that that could be a great idea for a horror film where like you, the, the monster only goes as fast as you do. <laughs> and so it, and it's sort of, it'd be like a cross between like booze from Super Mario Brothers, and it follows how there's always this monster you just on the other side of the room from you, and you just maybe you have to always be watching it as well. Mm-hmm. Anyway, watch the spates for Harry's film Grandmother's Footsteps uh, <laughs> coming soon. Um, but I was impressed by a lot of the practical effects. You know, it was it was nice to have just a lot of Gru and pretty good zombie makeup as well. Mm. One thing I like about these sort of trashy zombie movies, there's just like quite a few quite quick zombie deaths, and you know they they usually follow a pattern where somebody goes up to someone who's clearly a zombie, and they go, "Hey man, hey man, are you okay?" <laughs> and like, um, there's this really talkative character soldier called um, I was going to call him Otaku, but he's actually called Okana, and he's always talking. I don't want to wear my body armor; it makes my face look big, and um, I very much enjoyed it when Sergeant Sticky Fingers uh, bites the big one because it goes, um, not the Sarge. Oh, God, they got the Sarge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, you know, he's kind of meant to be Bill Paxton from Aliens, um, but he's he's not quite as cool. In fact, there was a lot of alien nods to this, aliens nods to this film. Not only was the music very aliens when they were going through the corridors of the university, but also... Um, I think at one point one of the soldiers like short controlled bursts and yeah, I recognize that. <laughs> yeah. There's a, a lot of um, zombie encounters, you know, when you have a big team, they can all break off, get lost and die alone. Get bitten. Um, there's the, the bit in the library. I'm not too sure in the credits. There's a character, I think in the credits played by Masi Oka, who is the character of hero from, the TV show Heroes, um, but he's, I, I don't know if this is him because he's credited as Stanley Tong. And I, I double checked, like, why is this character called Stanley Tong? I don't remember him being in the film. And that's also the name of a Hong Kong action director who directed Rumble in the Bronx, as well as a bunch of other Jackie Chan movies. And I saw an interview with, I think, the producer of Mindfire Entertainment saying they were looking to hire Stanley Tong to do the fear effect video game movie. So maybe that's why they called him that. But I think he's probably the library zombie. Yeah, wearing the headphones. He's got the headphones on. And obviously, turns out it's zombie. They shoot him. And then a librarian zombie appears behind and goes, shh. And... Which I, it's, that's, that's great. <laughs> as well as Uwe Boll being thanked in the credits, there's also thanks to George Romero at the end. And, you know, he had no direct involvement in this, but um, not only do I think it's pretty good form for a zombie movie to tip their hat to the the godfather of the zombie movie, but also um, uh, George A. Romero liked his comedy zombies, and so the librarian zombie fully fits into that, I think. Mm. And um, Jessica Biel and Parker Posey in this film, did you see? (laughs) Um, More accurately... A poster on the wall seems to be a magazine cover enlarged, and the headline is Hot Girls Who Suck, Blade, Trinity Vamps, Jessica Beale, and Parker Posey. And underneath I wrote, it just feels like every woman in this film has been viewed as meat. Yeah. Well that's in the in the dorm where Bart is at his most grotesque. So yeah, this they is, find a half naked zombie, don't they? They find a half naked zombie and uh he they they a female sh- zombie i just you know yeah. obviously <laughs> they they shoot her and then he picks up the dead body and tries to get his colleagues to take a photo of him with her and he says take a picture of me with my new girlfriend i stick my dick in her but i'm afraid of what would happen <sighs> voices survivors Can you hear me in there? Hey, you crummy teens! Open the fucking door! We're coming in! Stay down! Three, two, one! It sounds to me that you were a little underwhelming in the sack. I can't 
believe this is happening. Oh, don't go all girly on me now. Jesus Christ, it's like you two haven't seen a dead body before. What the hell are you doing, Bart? Well, it seems that our unfortunate friend here was named Guy Woodhouse. I guess he won't have to worry about finals anymore. Adios, senor Woodhouse. Wow. Looky here. I don't want this. I'm not giving it to you. I just want you to take a picture. Picture of what? Of me. <sighs> And my new girlfriend. Okay? Go ahead. We're ready. Ready for what? Ooh. Uh. Take the picture. No fucking way. Oh, fine. I'll do it. Don't you dare. You know, I bet she was a looker when she was alive. Right? I mean, she's not too bad now, either. I'd stick my dick in her, but... I'm afraid of what would happen. <laughs> You're fucking disgusting. You don't look fat. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> oh. We really make a nice couple. Don't you think? If I was to give this scene uh, the benefit of the doubt, I feel this was around about the time those horrible photos um of u.s soldiers uh doing stuff to uh prisoners in in the middle east what were coming out so i wonder sure. if that's i wonder if that's in the dna of the scene or a commentary on this um and uh, and, and you know there is like a sort of titillation involved but they are like zombie it's a zombie lady so you know if, if that's turning you on then that's something that's something more to do with you <laughs> than the film perhaps um but he was taking all these photos with the same camera i believe which um tracy was having was which was taking photos of tracy in the earlier part of the film and i was just waiting for that moment where they're scrolling back through the digital photos and they get some sort of a clue doesn't happen <laughs> yeah they set up that whole digital camera thing at the start and it doesn't go anywhere you never see or no. hear anything of it again but it seems like important information but yeah that the whole situation is just like so damn grotty and hmm. yeah it, it... But there's a mystery in the scene they, there's a, like a little mystery where they're trying to work out if her door was closed how this is the the room with the lava lamp i mentioned this dorm room is closed how did she get infected and not five minutes later less than five minutes let's say a minute you start to hear this high-pitched noise and then a mosquito bites bart's hand which i think is a real nifty threat to have in a zombie film I think that's the last we see of it, though. But I thought the film was trying to say that everyone got infected really quickly because there's like loads of mosquitoes around. Um, Mosquito season at Cuesta Verde University. But no, it's I guess this woman, like like in The Fly, she was trapped in an enclosed space with an insect, which kills her eventually. She doesn't turn into a mosquito lady flying around the <laughs> campus sucking people's blood. That 
is in my new script. <laughs> Grandma's footsteps too, Mosquito Lady. <laughs> yes. Um, copyright games and film. Um, but this this I culminates can't... in a sort of standoff mm-hmm. where um, Bart, that everyone's got their guns out at each other and Bart's sort of saying that he'll give each of um, his colleagues, I think, called Henson and Rodriguez, half a million dollars each. And they asked from where, and he says a pharmaceutical company, if he gets the patient zero sample before AMS does, he'll be able to sell it to a pharmaceutical company. And he says, do you know how much Goldman is willing to pay? Yeah. Goldman name drop, a character from, is he the guy from House of the Dead too? Yes. We love that guy. Mm, I want to, I want to. This is a present from me to you. Yeah. That's my goal. I'd love love everyone in his corporation to speak normally. And he's the only guy (laughs) who speaks in this clipped fashion. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, hey, we're also the dead fans. We got a little bit excited, didn't we? We've talked about it for about a minute. (laughs) (laughs) And that's as much as the film does. Yep. Um, but the, the again, female soldiers, because they've naturally been grossed out. I mean, anyone of any gender will be grossed out by, by Bart's actions. They decide to knock him out. It seems for a moment that Rodriguez is going to join him, but she just uses that as a, de- as a, as a diversion to knock him out. And then they handcuff him to uh, a bed and leave a gun for him to shoot himself because he he thinks he's going to turn into a zombie via the mosquito bite. Um, more more deaths in action. Um, <laughs> more deaths in action. Um, I, I've, my next note is how uh, Sergeant Sergeant uh, Dalton, aka Sticky Fingers, uh, dies. There's quite a lot of the old "I'm being bitten." Oh no, I haven't. I'm fine. And then they had, <laughs> seconds later, they're like, they're tripping. <laughs> I, I did like his performance as he was turning, because yes. he's like, is he's like, I'm, I'm okay, I'm okay. As like his limbs just like twitch and go in different yeah. directions. It's the first, I mean, you know, special effects take you so far. There's something really weird poking out of his neck. I think they were going for like the old eye blinking in his neck, or there was something in that bite which was real gross, but. It's his physicality, and yeah, he had a, he had some good moves as he was uh, cavorting and turning into one of them. Good work, Sticky Fingers. Good, good work. Hope that blade roll pans out for you. <laughs> Mahershala who? <laughs> um, oh, I think they also say here that the zombies have evolved now to be able to bite armor they can chomp through armor everyone's wearing kind of like quasar style body armor and that's got me thinking well like how much armor have they eaten in the last month like <laughs> where, where did they find us armor to evolve from yeah they've, they've spent 20, 29 days munching through what exactly to uh develop their mutate their teeth so they could bite someone's heart out through um paintball mm-hmm. breastplate i mean we do see a lot of zombies wearing football american football gear and i noticed the helmets don't stop bullets so 
they're not, it's not. I mean, I don't know why they would have to stop bullets, but it's America. It's American football. You're, you're allowed to open carry when you're playing that, I imagine. Um, but maybe that's how the zombies all evolved. They've been chowing down on the bulletproof football armor. <laughs> I think that's that's your pet cannon. That's a real stretch. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so, I mean, like, so the AMS agents they they need to retrieve this patient zero sample and they finally decide to go to the science building which seems like the place you would start yeah, they, went, they went to home ec they went to um what do you call it sciences what's that film with uh jessica lawrence in it about academia <laughs> i don't know scott it's got the star is born dude in it david cooper what are you doing? I sound like an old lady trying to describe that film she saw. It sounds like IMDb is melting. Um, no, I, I want to. Uh, who is? I'm not okay, help me you out. out. I'm not. No, it's one of the. Oh shit! I can't remember any film titles. So Zach Garifanellis Garif- has it? lost his memory in Garifanellis. He's lost his memory in Las Vegas, and he's with, he's got his handsome friend. The Hangover. Who's also, who? The Hangover. Yeah, but his friend is also from the A Team. Bradley Cooper. So Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence in some film about Silver Liberal Arts? Playbook. That's the one. <laughs> I got there in the end, and it entirely doesn't add to the sort of comedy bit I was doing, but. I enjoyed it. So, so you're it. thinking of the film Liberal Arts. Yes. Which stars Josh Radner and Elizabeth Olsen. <laughs> yes, I'm thinking of... You're thinking of a completely different film. But, but fun trying to guess it. I... I'm sorry. I try. <laughs> <laughs> so they don't go. They don't visit the Silver Lady's Playbook or the lib- or Liberal Arts College. They go straight to the science bit where I need to concentrate. <laughs> yeah. Well, so this is two alive people. Yeah. So there's two lab assistants. Uh, who were working for Professor Turian, and they were like, mm, we didn't like him after he started stealing corpses from the local morgue, but that seemed to not yeah. stop him from testing. And then they reveal the whole flashback we mentioned about Rudy Turian and the survivor uh, from the first film, character called Alicia, not played by the same actress, but she is thanked in the credits, the original actress. Um, and this zombified version of her is sealed in a lab, they, the lab assistants can let them in and they're able to retrieve a sample from this patient zero. Um, but uh, then I guess zombies attack <laughs> because that's what I happens. mean. We also, these, these, these alive lab assistants have been keeping themselves alive for a month because there seems to be enough energy chocolate bars in they, they mentioned they've been subsisting on like energy bars yeah so um, i'm assuming like sid Haig had like m- t- at least two months supply <laughs> to feed two people <laughs> of nothing but chocolate I, I assumed there was a vending machine but it, it does suggest that there is a version of super size me out there 
um, mm-hmm. where it's not McDonald's, it's just Choco Energy Bars. I mean, just what that would do to your digestive system, I think death would be a, would be desired. Oh, what are you on? I'm on the House of the Dead 2 diet. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> I was just um, going to say, like, Atkins. <laughs> well, the zombies are all in the Atkins diet, aren't they? That's um, or is it? I'll be a joke. Hmm? Is it paleo? I think. Oh God, I don't want. I don't want all our fans who are really into like diets to uh, to call me out on my lack of knowledge of the Paleolithic diet. But yeah, I think it's um, all I can say. I did go to my doctor's recently, and I said I want to try and lose weight by eating nothing but porridge for like breakfast and lunch and she said no (laughs) (laughs) so i think eating and nothing but energy bars and i kept getting distracted by the man's sweatshirt i thought he was like i thought he had a sweatshirt advertising the monster energy drink and i just think eating nothing but energy products i don't know maybe that's maybe he has been bitten dozens of times and it's just having all that energy, food and drink in a system that has protected him. So they don't need the patient zero serum. They no. just need monster energy drink. Yeah, and sponsored by monster <laughs> energy drink. I mean, it's a bit like Zombrex from the Dead Walking. Dead Rising. Dead, walking, dead Rising games. Um, <clears throat> it's funny, though. He, they, the, the zombies do attack. And, you know, sometimes you forget, hey, this is meant to be a horror film <laughs> because um you know there's a l- i enjoyed the amount of blood and this one alive dude bro he is f- f- zombies fall upon him and he's going like help me help me and help me please like an actual horror film and um i thought that was gonna be the last we see of him but the agents end up breaking the blood sample that they got and so we have to go back to the same location a bit later. And despite the last time we saw him, he was being, I assume, munched down to the very bone. He manages to spring up again and quite and almost kill one of our heroes. So um, it's that whole zombie question, isn't it? How full do they get? Exactly. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, it gets a bit samey after a while. You kind of It's like when you're really hungry... And then you think, oh, wow, I need this big plate of food. And then you take a few bites and you're sort of like, oh, actually, now I'm done. <laughs> mm, I don't have that reflex. Okay. <laughs> I just keep going. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... this, you, you kind of think, because they smash this blood sample, well, you know, it, it in a, in a, a zombie grabs the pack which has the sample on and it smashes against the ground. And, you know, they feel like they have to go back, even though there's T minus 10 minutes and counting until... The whole place is um, bombed. Um, but you kind of think, if it's so dang important, and they've been taking samples from other zombies as they go, trying to find this mm-hmm. patient zero, you sort of think, maybe take two? You've got enough files. <laughs> True. <laughs> I mean, one of you carry one, and the other one carry the other, at least, you know. I enjoyed how their blood sample testing prop, um, you stick a test tube in the top, a little light goes on, but in, instead of an actual like monitor, I noticed that it's a sticker which said "test result negative" <laughs> on it. Um, you only see it for a split second, but I went back to watch it, and yeah, anytime they want to show a close-up of that screen, it's literally like 
a sticker from a printout <laughs> pasted on where the monitor should be. Um, so basically, AMS is it's on a budget, it seems. <laughs> so they probably can't afford more than one test tube at a time. It's like, oh my god, you broke the test tube? <laughs> Maybe if they were better at their jobs, um, they'd get better funding. That would help. But again, you... They've probably got the bottom of the barrel when it comes to AMS agents. You know, G's not in this film or the other one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think, uh, is it Rogan? I think Ellis looks a bit like Rogan when he's in his suit at the start. I mean... Then then they shoot like the waiter zombie in the back of an ambulance and blood just gushes all over the pair of them. And they're so like nonchalant about the whole thing. But it ruins their outfits. There's several scenes when they allow blood to sort of splash in their mouth. And I'm like, that seems like a really bad idea. <laughs> um, but, you know, Ellis is, I mean, the actor is, is just Hollywood handsome. He's got square draw. He's got gelled hair, sweat back gelled hair. He's he's as handsome as he is boring. Because <laughs> he's, he's, there's not much to him. He's just... He's well, just a, there is a dude. The, there is the moment when I think it's Henson who's um, one of the sort of, uh, special ops soldiers, and they get a bit of leeriness for you know the female gaze, as it were, very briefly, because all she says is "hell of a soldier, easy on the eyes." Hope he makes it back okay. Wouldn't mind asking him out. And inevitably, mm-hmm. she then dies shortly afterwards yeah. because you know. I mean, I don't know women that well. I'm a, that's how they talk, isn't it? <laughs> as they as as they eat yogurt together, as they laugh with salad. Yeah, you know, there's salad in this movie, and so there's the connection. Hey, can I ask you something? If it's not too personal or anything. Yeah, sure. What is it? Why do they call you Nightingale? It's a long story. Ah, come on. Not likely to make it to the big finish anyhow, and it's just always kind of bugged me. I get it. Goody two-shoes, always helping people in need. Real Florence Nightingale type. All right, you ready? A couple of years ago, I was in the Peace Corps, right out of med school, working in Africa. Small village, good people. One day everybody started getting sick. It wasn't AIDS or anything. It wasn't like anything we'd ever seen before. Blood coming out of every orifice. We set up a medevac, tended to the dead and dying as best we could. I didn't eat, didn't even sleep 24 7. A team from NSA came in, wanted us to try vaccine. They created. That point, I would have done anything to stop their suffering. I did. And they woke up. They weren't alive. They were dead, but they were still walking. So I only had one choice. I grabbed a machine gun and I started firing. Must have killed a hundred of them, maybe more. I lost count after a while. Killed them all. They were all dead. The men, the women, children. You want to know why they call me Nightingale? It's when it started. It's a sick joke. 
stuck ever since. Um, we, we learn a bit about why Nightingale is called Nightingale. She does her whole speech, and at the end of it, I still didn't understand why she was called Nightingale. Hey, I think it's because he makes a joke to say, oh, is it because of Florence Nightingale, because you're always there to sort of help out. And she's like, well, kind of, but that one time I did help out with a village in Africa, um, I was ordered to kill everyone, <laughs> so I did that instead. So it's like an ironic nickname. Yeah, because there was some sort of outbreak there. It's not a very good nickname. I would I would actually probably instruct people not to call me that. Because like it's not like she's called that by anyone she she doesn't like. It's like it's like a friend's called a nightingale. Why <laughs> what a strange lady. Uh <laughs> but she's quite handy when zombies are falling upon her. They they break so the sequence of events is they manage to get to where they want to go and escape from the lab with a test tube, which probably gets broken on their escape. They then go back and there's this weird little business where they, they are trapped back in the lab. They need to get out of a grate, but Ellis has to take the long way around the open the grate from the other side. For some reason, best known to himself he doesn't shout at them right away. I'm here. I'm behind the grate. I'm coming to get you. He only reveals he's there once he's like fully opened the grate, <laughs> which is just a weird thing to do when like every moment counts. But the zombies burst through the door, which I noticed was clearly balsa wood. <laughs> yeah. Like it was completely like made out of tooth. I was going to say tooth uh, brushes. That works. I was thinking of lollipop sticks is what I was thinking of. Uh, the three of them, one of them gets killed. Um, and then this is what the point I was getting at. Like all of the zombies fall on top of Alex slash Nightingale. She yells to him. Um, get the like, hell out go, of here. That's an order. Yes. I wrote here. Get the hell out of here. That's an order. Uh, Ellis just about escapes. The missile destroys the university question mark or just the building question mark i don't know but then she saves the day alex arrives to save ellis from being shot by bart who also survives because he's so chopped than... off his hand so he could escape he chopped off his hand um I can't remember what he was tied to. I hope it wasn't something ridiculous. I like think it was a, small... a radiator. Okay. I was going to say it was like a small office chair, which he could have quite easily carried with him. He's <laughs> like, oh no, I'm trapped here. Oh my God. Oh, handcuffed to a stool. About... Can you imagine cutting your hand and going through tendon, the blood, the pain of it all? It's like... Yeah, I actually <laughs> wrote, I did enjoy his speech about, about that about that happening. So yeah, but, dude, we all saw 127 hours. Yeah. I haven't. Thanks for the spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> um but you know, rather than having a big action sequence at the end, I suppose, the, the big ending is this uh Bart wanting to shoot Alice. And then he ends up getting shot by Alex instead, but he by that time has got the patient zero blood in his pocket and then 
but sets off a grenade, destroying the vial again. So this whole thing has been for nothing. We don't know how Alex survived, because like I said, when we last saw her, I mean, people got pissed off at The Walking Dead for like showing characters in immediate zombie danger and definitely dead, and then they show up like a few episodes later. Code completely fine. Um, this is worse, peeps. <laughs> I guess actually, I haven't invested five seasons in Alex yet, so it's okay. This is a nice, brisk hour and a half movie. So, but that it does do this sort of um, bleak ending in that Mm -hmm. it starts off with Alex made it out but we don't know if she got scratched there's this whole kind of like well did you get bit and it's all like wait and see I guess and (laughs) is that her exact words (laughs) to to, to an extent yeah Um, and they're like do we know if the blast contained it do we know if it stopped the infection and they're like "Eh, I guess we're just going to go on and on and on Mm-hmm. And the final shot is them driving across a bridge over to the city while a news report says that the city has been overrun by zombies. And... Yeah, and on the bridge, someone's put graffiti saying, stay out. And they're like, I'm, you know, I follow no rules. I'm going to go there anyway. But I, I don't know if that suggests that while they've been doing all this zombie invasion in the university whether like Sid Hage has just gone on biting more and more people they thought it was just the chef and the waiter but it's just like he's on a little rampage around the city and you know within I guess because they arrive at nighttime and they're told that missiles will launch at 7am the next day so let's give them the benefit of doubt that it was like 12 hours even that they had in the interim, um, the whole city is covered in smoke and fire. Someone's gone all the way to the bridge to graffiti stay out. It's like, that's 29 days later. <laughs> that's when you put the 29 days later title. I don't know. It's just, mm. it's like this film can't decide whether like a zombie outbreak is something that happens overnight or takes a month. It is a bit bizarre. Yeah, I think we could have not had that last shot, but I think there's literally only two shots you can have at the end of a zombie film. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, this, as I said earlier, let's just try not think about 29 daters too much. But like I said, it's, it throws up all sorts of questions about about outbreaks and the like. It, you just, know, all being... it just scuppers the film. <laughs> yeah, that and only that, because <laughs> everything else is like mm, pitch perfect. <laughs> Jacques does a chef's kiss, and um, his lips yeah. fall off. His lips fall off. But did you keep? Did you um, stay to the end of the credits? I did. We got a little glimpse of Sid Haig again in, in all his glory, but it's, it's one of those. It doesn't establish anything. I think it's just a little treat if you want that little bit more of Sid Haig, I suppose. He must have been there for like two days shooting or whatever. Um, but that doesn't really answer any more questions about what happened to the city. So I'm going to say yes, Sid Haig alone. <laughs> uh, he went around torching buildings, biting <laughs> Frenchmen, um, waiting for the next call from Rob Zombie. 
and uh, wanders into the French district in town. <laughs> now he's got a taste. He's got his French district, and then he goes to all the other f- foods: the Italian district, the Chinese district, the Welsh district. I always thought it'd be nice if if um if cities had like a Welsh quarter. <laughs> you could get some lovely Eccles cakes, or I don't think it's that. It's Welsh. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to avoid leeks, basically, but I think it is just leeks and and, and daffodils. Most <laughs> <laughs> <God>. people eat. <laughs> just you know, enjoying a leek with your daffodil sauce, all crunched up. Anyway, you're the one who went to university in Wales. You spent three I years did. there, and you haven't learned a thing. I know, I did. Well, about Welsh culture, I was really, I was worried that my. Um, <laughs> That my diploma would come in Welsh and therefore be unusable. <laughs> oh dear. Um, so this has been quite an offensive episode, but not entirely because of the film, I'd imagine. But uh, bottom yeah. line, though, apologies, apologies, apologies. You know, we we, we suck as well. Uh, <laughs> um, You'll have to do a little bit of editing, maybe. <laughs> the thing is, as I said earlier, I can't, for all its ills, I can't hate this movie because as I think it was a bit of a palate cleanser because we've done some high quality stuff lately, which is always to be celebrated. Um, and it's sort of just a bit refreshing to see. To ha- I mean, we, we, just, we just like, we like cheap movies we like bad movies and i think maybe there's just a lot of charm about something which is just just so so it's just trying to entertain and so like i said earlier i felt it may not have understood the house of the dead video game brief but at its core in the house of the dead game it's reason detra is to see zombies see zombies be shot see some like you shoot a hole through a zombie's head you see it right through the hole. That sort of the stuff is why we like House of the Dead. And I, I feel like I got that in this movie. I think, yes, it's it. It's not trying to be the House of the Dead movie that fans of the games would necessarily want or expect. What it is trying to be is the sequel to Uwe Boll's House of the Dead. And mm. I would say that in many respects, this is the better movie. Mm. But I don't know if I necessarily liked it more because as much as the first time I saw that original House of Dead movie, I thought that was maybe one of the worst things I'd ever seen. I've come to, I've come around to appreciate what it is doing and it throws so much stuff there, but it is very kind of idiosyncratic. This is far more generic it is more it is more competent but with competency comes you know a lack of distinctiveness yeah yeah and i think that's the sort of issue I, i i agree that i was not bored by it um and i think it does have some you know fun little bits some nice ideas um and I don't think anyone is necessarily doing, well, I was going to say, I don't think anyone is necessarily doing a bad job, but I think 
that that's not true. Um, <laughs> it sounds like a disappointed father. I'd like to say you did a good job, son. But that's not true. I think there's quite a few people who are doing pretty bad jobs, or at least they're doing jobs well. They're, they're doing what they wanted to do in a way which I don't like, but it's what they set out to do, so fine. Um, and I, you well, know, I get, I get what you mean. In terms There's of the sort nothing. of like the tone, and in terms of the leeriness, in terms of you know, sometimes it's just I mean, like there's like real duff continuity errors in there as well. That there, oh, there yeah. is like a sense of there's some like odd editing choices where it seems like cuts have been made mid dialogue, but it can't be because of gratuitous content because you know we've seen mm-hmm. a lot in this film. So uh, yeah, it's it's it feels very cobbled together, um, but it's not. It I wa- I wasn't bored, and that is the greatest sort of crime of a video <laughs> game movie. Um, so I'm not sure I would sort of recommend it because you know cheap zombie movies are ten a penny, and what this does, I don't think does anything especially new or different it just so happens to have the name of a sega game uh, attached to it and there was a house of the dead 3 movie discussed by the same makers but the writer of this film mark a altman uh developed instead a film which would become dead and deader which is meant to be a slightly more comic take on zombie movies and i think it's it's not connected in any way to this film or House of the Dead, but that's like what was developed and it became something else entirely starring uh, Lewis and Clark, Superman, Dean Kane. Um, oh. And I think a cameo from Armin Shimmerman of Buffy in Star <laughs> Trek. I think they mentioned Sunnydale. Is that where Buffy's they did. set? Yes, actually, yeah. they said they were going to go to... Um, uh, in here. I think the campus was like outside Sunnydale or something like that. So yes, the, the the House of the Dead film franchise um, remains um, pretty dormant, dead or dormant um, for the time being. Uh, maybe interest in the House of the Dead remake game might get people scrambling around and untying things to get the rights, but I somehow doubt it because I think the sort of I don't know. I, I think the the box office of Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City, which is a film I did very much like, um, didn't set the world on fire, so I'm not sure what interest there is in zombie movies, but I think, was it Army of the Dead won the fan favourite Oscar at the Oscars <laughs> or something? But that's a pure, that's a Sat Snyder thing, that's not a zombie thing. Um, so, Still hey. Still not watch that film. Don't want to associate with those types. <laughs> rather associate with the house of the dead 2 movie types <laughs> uh, clearly yes it seems uh yeah just so, just to yeah. quickly i guess i agreeing with you yes uh, this is very generic film and i think again we we always find ourselves somehow defending a bulb but i feel that i feel like one thing you can always say is that he's always trying to push it perhaps further than his talents will go but I feel here, as you say, sort of competency was kind of the word. And so I enjoyed it while I was watching it for the most part, but I find it, um, I find it very difficult to believe I will put it on again. Uh, So there you go. That's that's my thoughts. And I wouldn't necessarily, as I said, recommend anyone puts it on (laughs) unless they're at a very low moment in their lives. So I guess, 
I think the only thing we have left to compare this to is Sonic the Hedgehog 2. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how, see how the, if there's any parallels, if there's any uh, similarities, if, if one is better than the other, or if they are of an even keel. We'll find out very soon. But in the meantime, how can people keep in touch with Games on Film? You can find more information about the podcast on our website, gamesonfilm.witsite.com slash podcast. We're on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at gamesonfilmpod, where we share the latest in video game movie news. So please, please do follow us on those channels. You can also find all episodes on the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're at anchor.fm slash gamesonfilm. And you can find us on Spotify, we're on Acast, we're on Apple Podcasts, so please do like, rate, review, share, and subscribe. You can contact us, gamesonfilmpod at gmail.com, and I am on Twitter at Rory Steele. I'm at Only Man Who Can. And the music for this episode was composed by David Lightfoot. Not David Lightgun. I think, again, for the second time running with a House of a Dead movie, I have been surprised that I found it at all tolerable. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes in the pantheon of video game movies, that's all we can ask for. <laughs> but tolerance. <in laughs> tolerance, yes. If it, the, word for the, <laughs> the key word for House of Dead 2 is tolerance. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, well... Been a pleasure as always. I've been Harry. I've been Rory. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Was that an audible sigh at the <laughs> <Yeah>. end there? <laughs> that was a little bit. <laughs> <laughs>